0: And welcome back to my podcast, podcast where it's all about movie commentaries here. This week, we are diving deeper into the world of Harry Potter with my husband's favorite movie and a movie that grows on me every single time that I watch it, The Prisoner of Azkaban. Now, obviously, I did not work this movie because it came out in 2004. So, obviously, I was not working it at the time, nor did I see it in theaters, but you guys already know that story. We are getting to the movie where I did go see them in theaters. I swear, it's actually the next one. The next one started it all, which you all already know. So, we're just going to get right into it, okay? So, no shocker, we are starting out with our stars of this show. As you know, the trio is back. They never leave. But we do have some new stars, and some stars, like I say, they get more inclusion as the movies go on. But I just wanted to point out some pretty important people, starting out strong with Gary Oldman, who plays Sirius Black, David Thewlis, who plays our new Defense Against the Dark Arts professor, Professor Lupin, and I probably butchered his last name, so I'm so sorry. Uh, We do meet Professor Chulani, which is played by the lovely Emma Thompson, she's the, uh, is it divination? Divination teacher? I think is how you say it. We have a new Dumbledore this movie. I believe the one that played Dumbledore in the first and second one, he passed away. So Michael Gambone has stepped into these big shoes and does a fantastic job, might I add. A few more is Lee Ingleby, who plays Stan Shunpike. He has a very minimal part in this movie. He is literally the guy that works on the night bus, but he makes a lasting impression, in my personal opinion. And then Robert Hardy, who plays Cornelius Fudge, he was in the previous movie, but he only came in for like a hot minute to take Hagrid to Azkaban, so he's a real peach. He also has very few cameos in this movie, but he is important as the movies go on, so I just wanted to mention him now. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about the soundtrack in the first one, but we have to talk about the song Double Trouble that the choir sings at the very beginning because it slaps and you can't tell me otherwise. Okay, that's my spiel and we're going to move on. We start out this movie where Harry is still with the Dursleys, and lovely Aunt Marge has come to visit, and she is Vernon's sister, so we already know that she's just the greatest person that ever walked the face of the planet, but needless to say, she pisses Harry off, and he manages to blow her up like a balloon, which means he broke the law the wizard law and he used magic when he was underage so he should be in trouble for that and we'll see later on if he does i kind of wanted to just kind of skip through that whole opening scene because it's really she says just really rude things about his parents it obviously pisses him off and then he blows her up and she flies away And, and that's really it there's really no need to talk any more about it he then decides to just bust out of the dursley's house though he is just done with their shit and he is gone so he packs up all his stuff and leaves and heads to i don't know where he was going actually but he was determined to get out of there he sits there and he waits on the curb and all of a sudden the night bus shows up which as i talked about earlier which is where we meet stan and he is not the conductor but he helps with baggage and everything else The conductor is Ernie with his shrunken head, and Ernie is about a 90-year-old man who probably shouldn't be driving, let alone a bus that is magical, but I don't make the rules. On this bus, though, he notices that Stan is reading a paper, and it has a man that is obviously in Azkaban prison on the cover, and he's like, hey, who's that dude? Which actually, is like, who's that man? Because they're real proper, unlike me. And he says, oh, you've never heard of him? This is Sirius Black. He's like, he's a murderer. And you're just like, oh, intrigue. So obviously he's our baddie for this movie. So you think. But back to this night bus. So we're zipping through London like nobody's business. And Harry is freaking out because he's like, aren't the muggles going to be, you know, kind of suspicious? So this bus is just zipping through. He's like, oh, they can't see us. It's fine. Which is very apparent when they shrink and fit through two trolleys. So I think they're in the clear. He ends up going to the Leaky Cauldron, where he meets Fudge, who is not pissed that he used magic outside of school. And it's very odd. Like, it is a very odd exchange. And I don't know. It's just, they're like, oh, your books are already here. Everything's good. You're good. Whatever. And he's like, oh, don't be going off anywhere alone. So you know something's up. But we're going to get into that later. No surprise that the Weasleys and Hermione are already at the Leaky Cauldron waiting for Harry. And then Mr. Weasley pulls him over to the side and wants to talk to him about this whole Sirius Black situation. He's like, you should be very nervous because he's after you. And as we've stated before, he's a murderer. And he's like, why is he after me? And apparently Sirius was in cahoots with Voldemort. And obviously, you know, Harry was the one that got away from Voldemort. So one plus one equals two there you have it and they're like oh you're gonna be safe at Hogwarts you know everything's fine well we all know how this is gonna go so obviously they're taking the train and they're going to Hogwarts and Harry Ron Hermione pick a cart that has this man that's sleeping in it they don't think anything of it they just go ahead and sit down well Harry spills the beans about everything that's going on with Sirius Black because he can't keep anything from them because they're best friends (laughs) I understand. And then all of a sudden the train stops like, oh, maybe we've broken down, whatever. A magical train is broken down. Very unlikely. And it is not broken down, but all of a sudden it gets really cold. And then these, I don't even know how to describe the Dementors. They look like little demon ghosts. I mean, they're just, they're creepy. And it was very scary when I watched this the first time. I was like, oh, this is, we're getting darker and darker into these movies and then all of a sudden he starts trying to suck out Harry's soul and then boom, this man pops up that's sleeping in this cart and blasts this Dementor away. We don't know how, we will later, but we, right now we don't know how. But all of a sudden he wakes up and this man that has been asleep in the cart next to them that has saved their lives is their new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, Professor Lupin, who is my personal favorite professor I don't know he just had that charisma about him he was just the best and it makes me really sad that spoiler alert he is not a professor in the next movie because in each and every one of these movies they get a new defense against the dark arts teacher I know this if I was job hunting and that job was open and I knew that numerous people had had this job I would not apply but I'm not a wizard it doesn't matter We also have another new professor, Hagrid! Hagrid is a professor, which is strange, but whatever. He teaches magical creatures, I believe. I actually can't remember what he teaches, but my guess is magical creatures, I believe, because that man knows more about weird things, weird animals than anyone really should. So that's super adorable, and we love that for him. What we don't love is that apparently Hogwarts is going to play host for the Dementors because you know as we stated many a time there's a murderer out on the loose and he is after a student so the Dementors are going to be on the boundary of Hogwarts basically to keep an eye out they're not supposed to interfere with students but we're gonna take a wild guess on how that goes but we're gonna move on to our first day of classes. And we start out with Hagrid's class. And I would just like to say the book that is for Hagrid's class scared the shit out of me when I first saw this movie because when Harry looks at it, he flaps it open, unclasps it. And you can see that it's moving and it has eyes. And then on the, um, like the pages, it makes out teeth and it just starts attacking him. It was so freaky. And then it ends up hiding underneath the bed And then trying to attack him again, he has to stomp on it with his shoe. And then Hagrid's like, oh, just stroke the spine and you'll be able to open it. How are they supposed to know that? Anyways, their first day of class with Hagrid, they meet a hippogriff. And to explain a hippogriff, it's basically a horse bird. (laughs) I mean, that's a terrible explanation, but that's basically what it is. And his name is Buckbeak. And to me, he's precious. Would I ever come near him? Probably not, but that's another story. Hippogriffs are very kind creatures as long as basically they get your respect. So you have to bow to them and they have to bow back to you and that's when you can go forth and pet them, ride them, so on and so forth. So no one volunteers and Harry gets obviously chosen to be the first one to do this. But Big takes a liking to him. It's all green dandy. They have their little how to train your dragon moment and since that went so well why don't we get on and ride him so that's what they do and it goes great it's fine super cute whatever well then he lands and of course Malfoy's pissed because he's not the popular kid and he just struts up to Buckbeak all wild and whatnot and Buckbeak attacks him naturally and so they take him to the infirmary needless to say Malfoy's dad is pissed so there will be repercussions. Now we move on to Lupin's class. And I think this scene is the reason that Lupin is my favorite professor. He teaches them about Boggerts and the ridiculous spell. Ridiculous, or however you say it. I'm not English. Not going to pretend to be English. Anyways, the whole th- point about a Boggart is, is that it's what you're afraid of. And then the spell turns it into something funny because that's what not kills a bogger, but that's what makes it go away is laughter and I don't know that scene where everybody's like going up there and doing their fears and Neville's a Snape and he's like then he makes him dress up as a lady I don't know the whole thing Ron's obviously scared of spiders so he turns the spider into having um roller skates on their legs which is funny and then the fun stops because when Harry gets up there It turns into a Dementor, and then Lupin has to step in, obviously, and then we find out that his fear is a full moon, hint, hint, to later on, and then they're done with class. They just dismiss everything, and Lupin's like, um, we need to talk about this. Basically, they just talk about how he was shocked that his fear wasn't Voldemort, and Harry was like, oh, it was going to be Voldemort, and then all of a sudden, he just started thinking about those Dementors, and then that's why it popped up, and they don't really talk a whole lot more about it. He just kind of leaves it. We do find out that Lupin actually was in school with Harry's parents, who's shocked, not me. And that's where we get the line, I knew you as soon as I saw you because you have your mother's eyes. And then he also says that he's a lot like his dad because his dad was not a rule follower. So I don't know if that's a really great thing, but it is what it is. We soon find out, though, that Sirius Black has made his way into Hogwarts because whenever you enter into a a common area, you have a painting that you have to say a password to to let you in. Well, the Gryffindor one is, they call her the fat lady. I'm not being rude. The fat lady. And she sings and she's weird and it's whatever. Well, they go up to her painting and she's not there and the painting is ripped. It's scratched. And that's when she says... She goes it's him he's in the castle serious black and of course everybody freaks out they move the students into the dining hall i believe to sleep so that everybody can keep an eye on them and they are talking about sending all of them home but dumbledore's like no i don't want to do that i think it's going to be fine and snape's like should we be concerned about potter and should we tell him he's like no he's fine we like to really keep harry in the dark about everything that happens in his life And it's kind of unfair to the boy he's been through a lot just tell him he can take it so speaking about keeping people in the dark all of a sudden we're back in the defense against the dark arts class and snape is our professor for the day and they get the iconic line turn to page 394. i love it i don't know it's just so funny and they're like oh where's professor lupin he's like oh he can't teach today something something basically it's an excuse And, of course, they're all curious because in class that day, Snape decides to teach them about werewolves. We skip way ahead in this book for them to learn about werewolves. And Hermione's like, wait a second, why are we learning about this? And, of course, for Snape, you can't ask questions because he's not going to answer them. And he is going to deduct points from your house if you interrupt him. And just to throw this in here, because I'm going to forget... Hermione keeps popping up in classes just out of nowhere like she's not there and then all of a sudden she is and Ron is the only one that notices and it kills me so he's like when did she get here did you see her come in I didn't see her come in we find out why but it's just so funny until we find out why but in the midst of all that Snape assigns them to write a report about werewolves and Harry of course speaks up he's like no it's the Quidditch game tomorrow and he's like well then you better get started right now so naturally we cut to the Quidditch game where it is storming, lightning. I, I don't see how that is a good combo. Kids are getting electrocuted and I, to me, we shouldn't be playing, but not my call. Well, Harry's going after the golden snitch. All of a sudden he has made it way far out past the field and the Dementors are there. And naturally he gets intertwined with them. And he falls off of his broom and almost falls to his death. Thankfully, Dumbledore saves him. What was not saved was his broom because when he fell off, it made its way into the Whomping Willow and crushed it. And we all know Harry's situation. We know he's not gonna be able to get a new broom. So it's just all around depressing because now that means he probably can't play Quidditch anymore. The next time we see Lupin is after the game and he is looking a little worse for wear. And we don't find out why until later, but still he looks rough and no questions were asked why he looks rough. I am a nosy person and most of these kids are nosy. I've been like, Hey, you look pretty terrible. What's going on? Let's chat. but That doesn't happen. Instead, Harry wants him to teach him how to fight off the Dementors because of what happened at the game. He's like, I need to know how to defend myself period and Lupin agrees. He's like, not until after the holidays. I really need my rest. Once the holidays are over, we'll pick it up. Well, during the holidays, of course, Harry stays at school and most of the kids do. And he decides that he's going to sneak off to Hogsmeade because, and I forgot to mention this earlier, the group got to go to Hogsmeade like everybody in his class did except for him because he has shitty guardians who wouldn't sign a permission form for him to go. And he couldn't get anybody else to do it. And it was just really sad because his friends were like, oh, we'll wait on you. He's like, no, just go ahead. And he wanted McGonagall to, go to sign in. She's like, I can't, I'm not your guardian. It was just all around a very sad situation. And you just kind of are reminded about how shitty his life is, honestly, because his parents are dead and his guardians just don't care. And they send him off to the school that everything's paid for. So they don't have to do anything for it and they just don't care. And it's just awful. And I hate it for him. But anyways, back to him sneaking off to Hawksmead. He decides he's going to take his invisibility cloak and go. But of course, friend George find him out and are like, Hey, we can show you some secret passageways with this handy dandy map. And this is where the Marauders map is brought into play. And we get the lovely quote, I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. And you can see everybody on this map. You can see secret tunnels. You can see who's walking, everything like that. And if you don't want anybody to see what you're seeing, all you have to do is say mischief managed and everything disappears. So pretty cool map. And it does come into play later on, which is why I made such a big deal about going into so much depth with it. So back to him sneaking off to Hogsmeade. A lot of stuff happens leading up to him going to Hogsmeade. He ends up running into Hermione and Ron, who are being bullied by Malfoy. And they are by the Shrieking Shack, which is the most haunted house in Britain, I believe. And that also comes into play later. But since Harry's got his invisibility cloak, Malfoy and his goons don't know that it's him that's messing with him. They think it's the house. So he runs them off. And he goes to Hogsmeade with Harry, with Harry, with Ron and Hermione. And when they get there, they see McGonagall and Fudge and Hagrid. Well, the owner of this pub that they go to is pissed at Fudge because she's like, I really wish Dementors weren't coming in and drinking, you know, everything out of my pub every night. So obviously the Dementors are normal. Somewhat, I don't know. I don't know the whole depth into that. I didn't read this book. So if someone knows the whole depth into that, please let me know. Anyways, she's like, why are they here? And she's like, I know they're after Sirius Black, but like, why is he coming here? And then they're like, because of Harry Potter. And of course, Harry puts on his invisibility cloak and follows them up to like her, I guess it's her um, house that she lives in above this bar. And the story that is told by McGonagall is that Sirius Black knew where Harry's parents were hiding, and he told Voldemort, and that's why Voldemort showed up at their house. He also killed their friend, Peter Pettigrew, and left only his finger behind. Peter Pettigrew was also one of the only people that knew where Harry's parents were hiding, and Sirius Black killed him, and ratted out Harry's parents, got them killed, and then... We also find out that Sirius Black is Harry Potter's godfather, the scandal. So naturally, Harry's pissed and he's like, he killed my parents. I want to kill him. If I see him, he's dead. So naturally he's taking it very well. Like I said, they keep a lot of information from this boy. If they would just tell him everything that they knew, it would save him so much heartache. But then we wouldn't have eight movies and seven books to dive into. So I guess there's that. So it's after the holidays which means lupin is going to teach harry how to defend himself against dementors in order to do that he has to learn about the patronus charm and obviously he has to get a patronus if nobody knows what a patronus is it is basically a shield and you need a happy memory in order to conjure one and it takes the form of an animal which is super cool i can't even remember what mine is i took a quiz to find out and i want to say it was like a fox or something. But, um, we find out what Harry's is later and we dive more into the Patronuses later on into the movies. And it's actually pretty cool to see everybody's. Um, if you want to go find out what yours is, I think there's a quiz online. So, and there's also a quiz to find out what house you are. I am a Hufflepuff, but we are getting off track here and I'm going to get right back on this track. (laughs) Um, he does figure out how to conjure up a Patronus and, The memory that he uses is kind of a fake memory. He's like, I don't even know if it exists. Um, He just thinks about him and his parents talking. And that is able to conjure up enough of a shield that he defeated a Boggart that is taking the form of a Dementor. So Lupin says, hey, I'll take it. Great day. Let's be done. (laughs) We find out later, though, that... Hagrid had to go to a meeting about Buckbeak and they have sentenced him to death. So he's to be executed for injuring Malfoy because Lucius made a statement saying that he felt like he was unsafe. So he's supposed to get executed, which is just heartbreaking because Buckbeak just works his way into your heart because he's just so adorable. But like I said, I would probably never get near him if he existed. We also find out that Ron has lost his rat, which is very important and I will tell you why later, but just know that he has lost it and we will get back to it. So remember when I said that the Marauder's Map comes back into play later? It's coming back into play now. Harry's being nosy and looking at the Marauder's Map while he is supposed to be sleeping and all of a sudden he sees Peter Pettigrew's name pop up on the map, but he's dead, right? So he shouldn't be able to see him on this map? so what does harry do but get his happy butt out of bed to go and find peter pettigrew but when he gets to where literally they cross paths he never finds him doesn't see him it's like he was a ghost intrigue right i just want to say i always forget how funny this movie is so every time i watch it it's just always just super funny to me because at the part where Harry's being nosy and looking at this map Ron wakes up and is sleep talking he goes the spiders they want me to tap dance and I don't wanna and Harry's like you tell those spiders Ron and Ron's like yeah yeah I'm gonna tell them and I don't know it's just every time it makes me laugh it's comedic gold in my opinion but back to Harry in this map obviously he's found out because Snape is also in the hallway and then lupin also shows up and lupin ends up taking the map from harry and he's actually pretty pissed at him that he has it because he's like listen if you lost this and Sirius black found this it could be really bad because it obviously leads right to you and he's like oh you're right you know didn't think about that and then when he's leaving he tells lupin i think something's wrong with that map because i saw someone on it that i know that is dead and he goes who's that and he says peter Pettigrew." and you can tell that Lupin is freaked out. He's like, that's not possible. He's like, I know, but I saw it. And then we cut to the next scene. It's just gripping with drama. So it is now the day of Buckbeak's execution. So Harry, Ron, and Hermione are gonna go to Hagrid's hut to be moral support and everything like that they go. Then Hagrid tells them that, you know, need to leave because Dumbledore's on his way. They're not supposed to be out past dark, you know, curfew. But before they leave, Hagrid gives Ron back his rat. And Ron is just super ecstatic and Hagrid's like you really probably need to keep up with your stuff a little bit better. So they leave and we think that Buckbeak gets executed. We later find out that he does not. And there's a reason behind that and I will get to it. But then Scabbers bites ron and then runs away and when ron catches up to him all of a sudden he turns around and the grim which is just his black dog is behind them and attacks ron and drags him into the whomping willow which we then find out it has a tunnel underneath it that leads to the shrieking shack the more you know well ron and hermione follow him and they make their way up to the Shrieking Shack, and we find out that the Grim, quote-unquote, is not the Grim, but he is an Animagus, which I forgot to tell you guys about when we, they were learning about werewolves. There's a difference between werewolves and Animagus. Animagus can choose to become an animal, and a werewolf has no choice. So, back to it. The dog is an Animagus, and the Animagus is who, you may ask, but Sirius Black, Gary Oldman, We love him. We love Sirius. I know that we probably shouldn't because he's a quote unquote murderer, but you will find out why I love him here in a minute. Well, Harry and Hermione were not alone in this quest because Lupin was not far behind them. And you think that he's going to save the day and he's going to kill Sirius, whatever he has to do. Just kidding. They're BFFs. And we love a good BFF team up. And then Snape is not far behind Lupin basically everybody's just really nosy but before snape showed up they were trying to tell harry something and harry decides to steal hermione's wand and basically gets snape out of the way he basically like throws him across the room he's like you need to tell me what you know you think that sirius wants to kill harry but he actually wants to kill peter Pettigrew, who is in the room with them we find out and we find out that it is actually ron's rat He's like, no. Ron's like, no, it's not my rat. He's like, he's been in my family for 12 years. And Sirius is like, yeah, it's a really long life for a garden rat, don't you think? He's like, isn't he missing a finger? And, you know, all the puzzle pieces fall into place. Well, they turn him back into a human. And this man is so creepy looking. Like, the casting, just chef's kiss. It's great. We find out that Peter Pettigrew was the one who betrayed the potters because he is devoted to Lord Voldemort, obviously. And he's like, what would you have done in my situation? And Sirius is like, I would have protected my friends. I would have died, but no, you sold them out. And Lupin and Sirius both want to kill him, but no Harry being the person that he is is like, no, we're gonna take him back to Hogwarts and have the Dementors deal with him. We're gonna all guess how this is gonna go. And it goes really bad. So they're making their way back to Hogwarts. They're having to help Ron because when Sirius attacked him, he got his leg and he's a little bummed up. And then Sirius and Harry have a very cute moment. It's all sweet. And Sirius is like, I don't know if you know this. He goes, but I'm your godfather. And if you ever want to come and live with me and not live with your aunt and uncle, you can. Which, great. Love it. Get out of that situation. Well, that happy moment is soon ruined when all of a sudden the full moon appears. And we all know what this means. Lupin turns into a real wolf. Actually, no, we don't know that because I forgot to say that. Lupin's a werewolf. Ah! (laughs) And he turns into one and attacks Sirius and because Sirius is trying to save Harry and everybody and then something distracts him and he runs away. Well, Sirius being injured makes his way down to like this little pond area and Harry follows him and all of a sudden the Dementors show up. Well, they start getting attacked and you think they're about to die when all of a sudden this patronus shows up and it is a stag and it basically boots them out of the way and saves harry and serious life and also in the middle of all that hubbub peter Pettigrew turned himself back into a rat and escaped so love that sorry i really just got ahead of myself i was just really excited to get to the big moments that i just left some stuff out But we shouldn't be surprised that Lupin is a werewolf, right? I mean, Snape set the essay. He made them learn about it. So you knew it was coming. No one should be surprised. Also, the Patronus, the stag that saved Harry and Sirius. Harry thinks it's his dad. So that's fun to dive into as well. And we're going to get to it. about who it really was that saved them. They end up back at Hogwarts. They're in the infirmary obviously because Ron has a broken leg and Harry almost died from the Dementor's Kiss which means they suck out your soul. And Sirius is back in jail but he's not at Azkaban. He's in the cell at Hogwarts awaiting the Dementor's Kiss until he can be proven innocent basically. And then of course Dumbledore comes in with his words of wisdom and He tells Hermione what she needs to do, and then we find out that Hermione has a time turner, is what it's called. So basically, she can go back in time. We love time travel, and so Harry and Hermione go on this little adventure and go back in time. They start right before Buckbeak gets executed. So when I said that we thought that Buckbeak was executed, but he wasn't, this is why. Because when they went back in time... They saved his life and were able to set him free. Well, then we fast forward to them making their way to the Whomping Willow, and they wait for everyone to make their grand exit. That happens, and then we find out that Hermione is actually the one that distracted Lupin by howling to get him to come and chase them and leave Harry and Sirius alone. Well, that in turns put Harry and Hermione in danger. They're running away from him. And they almost get killed. But then Buckbeak comes and saves the day. See what I'm saying? He just works his way into your heart because he's the best. Well, we then make our way back to the little pond, river, lake area. It's not a lake. It's a little pond. And Harry's like, oh, we're just going to wait. My dad's going to save the day. Well, nothing's happening. They're dying. And Harry steps in, does expecto patronum. And he is the one that is the stag, and he is the one that saves himself. So, full circle moment, we love to see it. And then we find out that his Patronus is a stag, so we can check that one off. So after all that happens, they go and they break Sirius out of the cell that he's in, and he actually takes Buckbeak with him when he goes. Harry's like, no, I wanna go with you, and he's like, no, you can't right now, not until everything's settled down, which is very responsible, so go him. And he basically tells him and it's kind of sad and he goes, I hate that I got to spend so much time with your parents and you so little. And I don't know, it just breaks your heart because you know he wants to be there for him and he can't right now. So he leaves with Buckbeak and then we make it back to the infirmary where Ron is and he's obviously very confused because when they make it back, they obviously run into them their old selves. And Ron's like, How did you get there? You were just there. I'm so confused and they don't tell him anything, and it's probably better that way. We then find out that Lupin resigned because of, obviously, his situation. It's a little unorthodox for a teacher, which is sad because, like I said, he was my favorite professor, and yeah, he's a crazy werewolf, but he was a good teacher. But I mean, I get it. Gotta do what you gotta do. We then are wrapping our movie up with a nice little bow. Harry gets a broom, in the mail, of course, with it is a buckbeak feather. And that means that Sirius has sent him a broom, which is just super sweet, and all around a great ending to this movie. It ends with Harry flying off. It's a I think it's a firebolt, is what he gets. He flies off and it's basically just his blurred face. So it is a really cute way to end this movie and probably the last happy ending I think that we get from these movies. Honestly, because as these go on, they get darker and darker and sadder and sadder. So, something to look forward to. As always, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We will be back on April 22nd with my second favorite movie and the movie that started my obsession, The Goblet of Fire. And I would also like to call it the movie where everybody's hair was just incredibly too long, but we will get more into that in two weeks. And until then, you guys should go to my Instagram, my Twitter, my TikTok. They're all at Movie Theater Mom. Go give me a follow. I would really appreciate it just as much as I appreciate you guys listening to me ramble today so until next time see you later